Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. LTD, Lincoln Town Car. So that El Dorado Funk. Talking about gangsta shit. No lay back. Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. Joshua Vole. And with me is Brad. Down. Fellas, it's we're recording this. This is Fat Tuesday. When everyone listens to this, it's going to be Ash Wednesday. How y'all doing? Not too bad. In there, everybody got what they're giving up. Yes, social life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in grad school. I gave up a social life. It's fine. Uh, we started. We started a new woman at work, and she is um, a good Christian lady, and she's not one for much for swearing. And so, I'm really trying my best to uh, tamp down my swearing by about ninety nine and a half percent because I'm a pretty bad swearer. I don't even think I can manage that. I think one year I thought about it. <laughs> yeah, I let I let a I let a fuck go in the office yesterday, and I just like almost gasped after I after it happened. So, apologies. Oh, no. But she took it in stride. Oh, that one got away. That fuck. <laughs> oh, oh you, you silly fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. My daughter, two years ago, when she was eight, gave up candy. So an eight-year-old gave gave up candy for Lent, and she did it. She knocked it out of the park. And that's with candy being in the house and all. I mean, so if she can do that, I think you can do just about anything. So 
I don't swear around my kids, so I obviously have the ability to do it. I just, you know, at work, I feel a little bit like it's like, you know, the hair's down or something. I don't know. So whatever. See, I'm a great dad, but that's one thing that I am poor at. That It will slip out. And they'll look back and see him in the room. And it's like, oh, shit. So. <laughs> 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 Nothing. <laughs> here's, a, here's a funny story. And this, this is from years ago. So we're going to church and it's just, uh, this was when we just had my daughter. She was the only kid and she was maybe two or three at the time. And it, it was just me and her. Uh, my wife was working. And, uh, so we were, we were heading to church and this lady cuts me off and on a highway and, you know, typical reaction when you get, I mean, not just cut off, like I'm slamming brakes, swerving. And whatever I said, like, oh, you fuck, you fucking bitch, or whatever came out of my mouth, came out of my mouth. For the next five minutes, from the car to the church, my daughter's in the back seat. Fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> from walking from the car up to the church. Fuck, 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 fuck. I mean, I literally had to put my hand over her mouth as we're walking into church, like, I don't know if we're going to survive this hour. <laughs> and, but it was like a light switch went on. Uh, and nothing came out of it from that. So <laughs> I, I wish I was better. I try to be. Uh, I'm no saint. So. Well, you knew it was an issue when you stuck your hand in the holy water and it started to burn. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> well. <laughs> to be a better Catholic here. Well, hey, we, we were actually Lutheran then. Ah, I, better did, Lutheran. I, didn't, I didn't convert until uh, about three years ago. so. Oh, maybe it was four years ago. Anyways, four years, almost four years ago. Yeah, he's but no, we we're still Lutheran then, so I don't know. I don't know what to take from that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, uh, spring football, it got underway. Uh, Friday with a press conference with Brian Kelly. Then they had their first practice on Saturday with no pads. And um, really, there's a lot to take away just off of, uh, you know, roster movements and and so I guess just to, to start us off with, Devin Studd still uh, transfers. I, I don't think that came as a surprise to anybody, although I guess he didn't really tell Notre Dame until he didn't show up to practice on Saturday. Um, I guess the feeling was that they kind of figured something was going to happen with him at some point. Um, and it turned out to be right away, which is a good thing for both parties, I mean, honestly. Um, you guys got any thoughts on, on Studd taking off? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Irish Illustrated guys were saying that Stud still was thinking about taking off last year, and they and the the staff convinced him to stay at least one more year and get his degree. Um, you know, I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again: uh, the man is leaving with his Notre Dame degree, and I wish him all the best of luck in his next endeavor. And I bet you we'll see him back uh, for a pro day in the future. And that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean. I just think that's so important that they, they, when these guys commit, I'm glad it's not just lip service for, for 99% of these guys where they, they talk about the education and they want the degree and they're getting it. So, I mean, there's, there's no problem with that. I, I can't, I can't wait to see that still line up in a UCF uniform because it just seems like <laughs> that is the next step for most of these transfers, especially Florida native. Um, but you know, good for him. I, I just, it was a weird, it was a very odd career arc. 
for stud still. I mean, yeah, to start yeah. every single game of the 2016 season and then yeah. get to the point where he's basically a, a non and they won't even, I mean, they really didn't even let him on the field. Yeah, it was almost, I mean, I'm not sure what his snap count was yesterday. I don't have that last year. I don't have it in front of me, but I don't believe he was in on every game last year. I mean, he was probably pretty close to a red shirt, basically. He had 38 total snaps, including he get- one. One against Clemson. Was he, had, he in every game? Do you know if he No, was? he had zero USC, zero Syracuse, zero FSU, zero Northwestern, zero Navy, uh, zero Pitt, uh, zero Virginia Tech, zero Stanford. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. 18 against Wake Forest. Uh, sure, seven, so, but, so, seven, but he, but he preserved a year of eligibility then last year, correct? Uh, no, because he played... It looks like he played five games, and he probably already took a redshirt uh, year, right? Two? No, because no, because he played his freshman year. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three, three Michigan, nine uh, uh, Ball State, seven Vanderbilt, eighteen Wake, and then he. Oh, he needed to have that conversation with them. Oh, last year. and he only played one snap against Clemson. Oh, is it possible he lo- burned a year of eligibility just for one snap against Clemson? Oh man, he needed to have that conversation because he would have two years. I mean, it's possible yeah. the, stats, the stats I'm looking at are wrong, but you know, I hope, I hope, I hope for his sake they are. So, yeah, because I mean that that that's huge. You know, that one snap in one game, you know, equals a whole year of eligibility, and that's what that that's what that new rule is supposed to help with these guys. Yeah, especially guys at Notre Dame, you know, which I think is great. You know, they're so pressed. You know, say what you will about Notre Dame and. I, I think it's a detriment that these guys have to have the kind of workload they have during the season, whereas it's not the same at other schools where like credit hours count less for football at Notre Dame than they do Stanford. Um, so, but Actually, for these let guys me, to let me just interject, and let me just interject for a second. I, I just remember this is defensive snaps only. It's quite possible he played on played special, special teams. teams. Yeah. I, I, I wondered that. that. Um, and, and real quick before I move on, something I noticed that was kind of funny last year, uh, special teams wise, uh, I was rewatching the Michigan game, and especially the kick return for touchdown. The amount of starters on that on that kickoff coverage team was intense. Uh, I just going down the line, all those guys that were out there, half those guys were were starting defensive players, and they still allow that. But it's neither here nor there. But yeah, but Notre Dame kids, they're, they're getting their, you know, all these classes, they're putting them through. And so at this point, uh, end of your junior year, you're graduated. So if you redshirted at all, you can take that grad transfer and you have two years eligibility. I think that is ridiculously important um, and cool for these guys, you know, because they can get that degree. Look, it didn't work out quite the way they wanted or the way that the staff would want. But at least now they have, they have that very expensive piece of paper for free, and that's going to carry them a long ways. And they can still go play football somewhere else for two years. So it's a, it's a big difference transferring somewhere for one year than for two years. Um, so, man, stud still. <laughs> that would that would be nice for because I I still think kids really talented. Notre Dame fortunately just had, all of a sudden went from you know zeros to heroes at safety you know, you know with a snap of a finger you know a low e transferring in 
really Jalen Elliott, I, I won't say coming out of nowhere, but of, of the safeties of that class, I, I don't, I think, you know, after the freshman year, I, th- I definitely think that he was, would have been placed last out of that, that small group. Um, and he just, he rose to the occasion. Uh, like I haven't seen anybody I mean, with from, I guess on the defensive side of the ball at that position, it's kind of unheard of. We've seen someone go from non-factor to being such a huge part of the, uh, the defense. So that's nice. So it's speaking of positions and, and safeties and stuff, because the, the we had some uh, movement in the defensive backfield before spring ball. Uh, Houston Griffith, who really kind of didn't have a home last year, he was comes in as a corner. He trains as a safety, but he's he's playing nickelback, which I don't think people understand how important the nickel is in this defense. And like when Sean Crawford went down, there were so many people that like kind of dismissed it, like ah, oh, he's not a starter. Well, yeah, he was. He's a starter at nickel. Ah, that's just the nickel. Do you realize what the college game is? The nickel is extremely important, and the way the defense runs is extremely important. So now Notre Dame is moving, you know, Houston over to uh, the boundary to take Julian Love's place, which is nice because they don't have to move Troy Pride from the field to the boundary, and they're going to move DJ Brown to safety, and that one is, I think, more of like just a spring move for numbers, um, but at least he's cross training. That's something he's going to know. Um, Fellas, thoughts thoughts about that at all? I mean, do we do we like this move with Houston Griffith? Do we think that he can challenge and win the starting job over there? I think it's an interesting move. I think the other person that uh, really intrigues me from the cornerback position is Tariq Bracey. Like, it'll be interesting to see how all these guys fill in and start to compete for these positions because these are guys that we haven't seen, you know, getting actual real play time and getting real – uh, real run, so it'll be uh, really interesting to see who comes out of that in the lead, who ends up the starters, and 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 how those different people end up, you know, being very important to the defense once we go into the new season. I don't have anything to add. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> yes, we thought about this one. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on you. I'm like, no, <clears throat> okay. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I have a little bit more to add to that. I just think I think it's really important that they didn't move Pride. I think yeah. I think the move. I think losing Julian Love is a big enough problem. Let alone trying to have both corners out there being in two different brand new spots. Now they did say that they were doing a lot more like left right cornerback kind of stuff, which is more um, evened up than than the way they were playing it, the boundary in the field. But I think it's important that that Troy pride be allowed to keep doing what he was doing. And, you know, I think a lot, a lot of the talk leading up to that was because I guess you would just naturally assume that Tariq Bracey would go there because he was the guy that came in, you know, he was the guy that got the playing time last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to not move pride to open up a spot for Bracey there, I mean, Bracey can't play the boundary. I mean, he's definitely a, f- a field corner. You know, I think that says a lot. The, a that there's going to be some real competition for the boundary. I, I, you know, you you go down that list, and and yes, I think Houston's probably got the edge there. But I mean, there you, you can see something else. I mean, we still don't know what's going on with Sean. You know, once he comes back, is could he actually play 
corner full time, or is he going to be a straight up nickel? And I, I just think a lot of these things in the spring, we're definitely not going to get any answers from, but at least we're going to get some looks. You know, I, I really want to know what Noah, uh, Noah Boykin uh, is going to do. And I, yep. the great thing about spring is we're going to see these guys in action. We're going to be able to see what they can do. A lot of these guys haven't, that we haven't been able to yet. Um, I liked, I liked Bracey last year. I liked the way he played. Um, he definitely needed to get in the weight room, but I think the results from the combine shows that Baylor, if you follow his program, he's going to, he's going to get you where do you need to be. So that's definitely, <clears throat> definitely a good thing. This is Paul Moala's chance too, right? This spring. Yeah. Uh, Moala and, I mean, and Alan. So I, they're going to, I mean, they want to play. They don't want to just play two safeties next year. From what I gathered from a few of the reports like, that, you know, it was Elliot and Gilman full, full on fully last year. And they want to get into more of a rotational bit. I think try to save these guys a little, some, which is smart. <clears throat> I think blowing teams out early <laughs> is probably a smarter route, but mm-hmm. yeah, don't have too much control over that. But I, I think that there's definitely going to be a guy coming uh, on rotation. What, you know, Moala, there, there's a lot of potential there with Derek Allen. Um, and I think Pete, I think him not moving to linebacker, um, I'm not sure what to make of that. I think everyone was pretty sold on that's where he was going to end up at um, after year one. And he's still back there. So we're definitely going to see what he can do, what he brings to the table. He's definitely a physical presence. Um, and, you know, Moala, was he second as a freshman in, in snaps last year? He, or he, I think he played in every game, right? I'm just looking at defensive snaps only. He had 10 snaps okay. for the entire year. So Yeah, but he was a special, yeah, was teams. A special teams guy. Walla yep. was a special yep. teams guy, though. Yeah. Which, I mean, which isn't a – I'm not, not knocking that down. That's important. I mean, that means they have trust. You know, the staff has trust in you to do your job and do what you should do. You know, there's these special team gigs for these guys. These aren't just a given. You know, they got to earn this, and Moala did exactly that then. He earned his spot uh, to play special teams and, and to show what, what he can do physically. So that- I was just thinking, it, this, this uh, with it, correct me if I'm wrong, but they held Gilman out of practice or he was limited in practice the other day. Yeah. The, yeah. So this is Moala's a chance to do something before Kyle Hamilton comes in and, and probably, what, blows the socks off of people, I would assume? Oh, absolutely, and I think Hamilton's probably your your biggest wild card because I, you you start hearing people talk about that he's going to come in and take over the nickel job, and I, I mean I have a lot of confidence that Hamilton's going to be a, a great player at Notre Dame. I'm still not sold that that's going to happen right away his freshman year, um, just because that's just it, it's still a difficult thing for a kid to do, and he's done it early enroll. So, uh, but. If he's as good, if, if he is what he is advertised, then comes come fall, there's going to be a competition, and you know you can see definitely see him moving into a starting role, whether it be nickel. I I don't think he'll beat out either Gilman or or Elliot back there at safety. I, I think Elliot's on his on his way to getting a C on his chest. Um, but I mean, I guess Austin Collinsworth had a C on his chest and and wasn't technically a starter after after a few games. Austin so, Webster was at a C on his chest, and he wasn't a starter in any true, game. True, true. He's a, he's a starter for uh, a special. I, I don't believe we've mentioned Sean Crawford. 
Uh, no, I've mentioned Crawford a couple of times. Okay, I apologize. But, so but I think he's in the but, next two, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that's a, you know, he, that was people are looking at that as kind of a no big deal last year. But Crawford's a huge part of the puzzle at nickel. Uh, what you know, what he can do as a nickel back is, you know, pretty, pretty. You know, that that's the difference right there. You you want to look at the Clemson game and yeah, Ju- Julian Love, but. Guys like Julian or like Sean Crawford helping you out there in that nickel spot, that's a big difference. Um, and some of the closer games that we had during the season, that would have made the difference. You, you go back and say, oh, the nickel play, like against Vanderbilt, okay? And a lot of the problems we were having was Houston Griffith was out there. You know, and I'm not knocking down Houston Griffith. He's just a freshman. So, but if you, put, you insert a Sean Crawford, it's a whole, it's a different ball game, right? So he's he's got his fifth year, all that football knowledge, the natural talent and instincts he have are are really good. If his body can hold up, I, I I mean I think that he's there's no way that he's not the man, either at nickel or at the other side of the corner. I I don't think he's I don't think he's suited to play the the uh, boundary either. So I I would assume the nickel role is you know his direct path there dante vaughn has a torn labrum is that right yeah and um i, I guess uh, the rumor mill was, was turning around about that too um where he was one that was looking the rumor was that he was looking to transfer and uh the staff talked him out of it i, I don't know how true that is at all um and actually you know vaughn got such a i think vaughn got a Terribly bad rap, you know. Much like Tillery, you know, playing the whole season with, with a torn labrum, and no one knew about it, and you don't. So you don't give him enough credit for what he accomplished all the season. Come on, but also, you know, Dante Vaughn, he was hip to hip with these receivers in that Clemson game when he came in for Love. But if you watch, if you watch what was going on with the balls, he can't move that shoulder. Yeah, you know, he can't make the play to make the play. And when you're up against Justin Ross, that's, that's yeah, it's uh. It's unconscionable almost that they put him in there and they yeah, knew he was hurt, you know? Yeah, that, that's, a pretty tough, that's a pretty tough assignment. <laughs> you know, yeah. hey, guy with one shoulder, go cover Justin Ross. I mean, that, that's a – and then, you know, ba- then he had to have his name drunk through the mud, basically. And, you know, nobody knew about this, but, I mean, he had that, that brace on there all season long. And I guess I never thought twice about it until you started seeing the reports and you're like, oh. Well, that makes sense, you know. And I mean, if Vaughn's had injury issues his entire time at Notre Dame, um, save maybe, you know, the first half of his freshman year, which he played very well in. Uh, it's a lot like Stud still, you know. These guys played as freshmen in that that awful season, and you would think that the arc, the career arc, would be much different than what it's been. And in at least in Vaughn's case, it's probably been more injuries than anything else, because he's got great size, he's got good speed, and like I said, he was he's right there to make the play but i guess if you can't put your arm above your head you're not going to make the play right right hey sticking with defense jameer jones uh tim o'malley is sussing out that jameer jones is probably the person that brian kelly was talking about to redshirt at defensive end that's a that's a tougher for to tell a senior that he might have to skip a year right i think it's a tough one but i think it's i think all these kids are pretty bright and I think if you 
if you look at the depth chart, they know the depth chart. They played right. last year. It's the same one coming back. Right. And if you can sit down and tell a kid like, hey, look, you're going to get in four games. All right. We're, we're going to be able to, but we want to preserve a year of eligibility because once all these other guys leave, then you're the man. Otherwise, it's just going to be, you know, spot due throughout the rest of your whole senior year because you're not able to beat these guys on the depth chart. So I, I think it's a tough pill for him to swallow a little bit, but it's not as heinous as it would have been in years past when, when the redshirt rule was different. Right, when you had to sit out every game. I mean, at least they can bring him in f- for four games. I mean, right? you, yeah, and you can, I mean, you can even make sure that he's in on senior day. You right. know, I mean, it's not like he has to sit on the bench on senior day. It's just going to have to be a pretty well, and I think they're, I think Kelly and the staff probably have a pretty good grasp on this anyways, but about where they're going to position the guys that are playing on redshirt in which games it isn't just a, a, on a whim. You know, they're not just going to stick a kid in and that screws them out of, their, out of that year of eligibility. Someone's going to have, have the count. You know what I mean? There's plenty of, of uh, analysts. There's, so I'm sure one of the analysts have that job task to keep track of certain number of players and you know where their where their games played are to keep them for that eligibility. Right. But so, Jones Jones too. I'm glad you mentioned him because before that, his name was even mentioned as as the slide down as a defensive tackle. Yeah, I, and I don't know. I can't remember where I saw that from or heard that from, but uh, like adding beef so he can go play a little bit of the three technique. Which would, which would be a huge jump for Jones, who came in as an outside linebacker, now at the end, and to slide him down. And I think he's only like at 240. That'd be an awful lot of steak dinners and peanut butter sandwiches at night. But uh, I, I swore I did say so, see something about that. Then skip into the offensive side of the ball. Jarrett Patterson starting at center instead of Trevor Ruland. That was shocking. Yeah, I just I all signs. Nobody saw that one coming, and I think everyone just naturally assumed that because Roland had been the next guy in at center, came in at guard. I mean, in place of he started in front of Kramer a couple games. I think everyone just naturally assumed, and with center being less physical position than a guard would have to be, that he would be able to handle it, but. And then, I mean, I guess you got Luke Jones. So I guess he's struggling through an injury. And then the freshman coming in. And I guess that's what's, that's the more confusing part where the, Kelly was talking about Patterson being in for the long haul. And here's Zeke Garrell, who you just recruited as your center for the long haul. And Patterson, you know, redshirted last year. So he's got four years. Right. So even if Carell redshirts this year, which is, you know, 100% guarantee, he's only a year behind him. So, and I think with his kind of, with his skills, so, that, so it was a little surprising that not only did Patterson get moved to center, um, but also that the, the talk of like for the long haul was involved there. Right. Um, I mean, I, I guess that, you know, there are all sorts of questions. Who's going to back up at, who's going to back up, um, you know, at left tackle, you know, is Josh Lug move back out from, he's gone from tackle to guard. Is he kicked back out to tackle 
to be the next guy on the bench. Now they did say Roland had surgery in the offseason. So I mean he's battling injuries himself. So and he, because he's not the most physical offensive lineman. He's toward both of his pecs for up. the same peck twice. <laughs> I, you know? I, it's I, been I, twice. I, I don't know if it's the same one or not. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same one or not, but he had I, he had told one of the beat reporters that he felt like he was the strongest person on the team minus Quentin Nelson and before he tore his peck, and then he's gotten himself back to the place where he was, but now other people have progressed. So... Right, right. I remember that that quote came out during the season, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember when he said that. So I guess I'm not sure where I mean, we're just gonna have to see. I mean Patterson never played center before, so and this was something that they did in January apparently. So Patterson and Book have been hanging out and you know, doing some snaps. Um I d I guess I'm not I pride myself on, on kind of knowing the nuances, but I'd never played center before. I played quarterback a little bit, but a lot of that was under 99% of it was under center. Uh, so I, I'm not exactly sure how, you know, how much uh, in sync that they need to be with this being like 98% out of the gun. You know what I mean? I, I is well, it, I recall, or is it less? I, I, I think I it was Sam Mustafer who said when he was learning center that the first month was like snapping the ball and then getting your head up so you, you weren't like, so the defensive tackle wasn't basically knocking you on your ass every single time. So, isn't that rough in the center? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've been pegged for that a few times. But yeah, so I mean, they got to have, they saw something there. They like him a lot. And, I guess if it, if it puts your best five linemen out in the field, I'm all for it. I think they got enough there, you know, you know, across the line, uh, you know, Hainsey and Kramer and and uh, Eichenberg and Banks, that you know they feel comfortable with with him in the middle. And so if that's your best five, I think that's ideal. What about what did you think about Brian Kelly saying Avery Davis could be an NFL level cornerback someday? Well, Brian Kelly's never coached in him, so and apparently he's not going to ever. I mean, is all. weed is weed legal in Indiana now? Because that is some smoking some sherry shit right there. Look, Michigan is only a you know this is just you just you can walk. You don't even know the difference between South Bend and Michigan. Um, <laughs> so you, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But I, I think he like what he. I think more or less what he was getting at. I, Skill set, you know, the quickness, the speed, um, the frame. I, I think he's got all of that. Uh, now, if he can cover a guy or, I mean, should even, ta- even tackle a guy, I don't know. We haven't seen that yet. We're definitely going to see that this spring. I'm, I'm glad you, I've, when we talk about quarterbacks, I thought I was missing something. And yeah. If he, I mean, he's pretty good at getting tackled. So he's got that experience. <laughs> I mean, that was that was going to be one of the things I brought up is one of my questions coming out of that discussion about cornerbacks is, is Avery Davis just another name to forget? Or is that like a reaction to Notre Dame's perceived lack of depth in that area and the the competition that's taking place? Like what's what's throwing that name and that skill set in well, there really doing for the team? I will I will say 
I, I said on this podcast that I, I couldn't figure out where Avery Davis made sense for running back. So um, even if he doesn't make a ton of sense for cornerback, I feel I still feel like he makes more sense at cornerback than he does at running back. That's a good point. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, I can, I'm not going to argue with that. I, I, the point that I think a lot of people were making was that if you don't have if you don't have a home, if you kind of get moved around like this quite a bit, then you really don't have a home. You know, <laughs> like it may not be there for you. Um, I think mean, but like Tim O'Malley with the Irish Illustrated always points out CJ Pro Science, which is a great example of of a guy who's been moved around. Um, because you just love that athleticism so much. And it wasn't even like he was doing a poor job at wide receiver. Procise did a, a fine job. Um, and it was really exciting when they were, you know, like end of rounds, they get a touchdown he scored against uh, LSU. But, uh, you know, that whole transition to running back was just, it, it was Holtzian in the way that, if you hark back to those days, when Holtz would just a bunch of running backs and then put them wherever he wanted. And, because they like the that skill set, so maybe Avery Davis can can be that that next one. I don't know. It's, it's a quarterback to me. It's such a physical game in defense. You have really in this defense, you have to be a physical uh, corner. This isn't. They don't really play a finesse style. And I, I just don't know how physical Avery Davis. Is. Let's put it that way. I, I think he has a skill set to do everything that's needed. I just don't know how physical he is. Is he going to be able to press? Is he going to be able to come up uh, against the run? And I guess we'll find that out. Like many of these other things, we'll find that out as the spring goes on. Um, If I was Avery, I would just throw caution to the wind and really concentrate on laying the wood as as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think what I think Liam Eikenberg said one time, which was, you know, they were moving him to tackle and to guard and, you know, maybe maybe looking at center. I, I'm not 100% sure, but they were moving him all along the offensive line. And he just thought, you know what? They're going to keep moving me until I get good at something. So I got to, like, you know, dedicate myself this offseason to, like, just nailing down this position so that they I can claim a little piece of territory. And I'm not... I'm not the I'm not the ruling guy. You know what I mean? I'm not the guy that they're just like I don't. We don't know a place for you. Utility. So back up to everybody. Throwing the the freight utility. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm I glad mean, you brought up Eichenberg too. I think Aaron Hall Yule is right now. I mean, that poor bastard has gone from defense to offense to now back to defense, and it's just like they I, they they don't they don't, he he's just a body at this point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, is it ever is it going to click for him? And when you're moved around that much too, it's it's hard to improve, right? Like from year one to year two, because the other year you're somewhere else. Um, but moving on real quick here, I, I'm glad you brought up Icon because I think of all the names of Notre Dame starters, offensive, defensive, Eichenberg seems to be the name that I haven't heard anyone utter, you know, or, or at least barely, and I. I I wonder if that why that's so. Is it because he? Do you, I mean, do you have any thoughts about? Is it because he's just look? It's the offensive line, and people just generally don't bring that up right away unless you're, you know, Quentin Nelson, or you know, it doesn't seem to be any concerns there. And I think Eichenberg was pretty damn good last year. I think he had moments, but I think for a first year starter at left tackle, uh, 
you know, I think he did pretty well. I, I liked that he talked shit before Virginia Tech game. Uh, that was awesome. And he'll never see a microphone again uh, for the rest of his time there. But um, yeah, I, I want to ask you guys about Liam. G- give me your best take on him, I guess. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brad, you want to start? Yeah, uh, not really. Well, I mean, like you said, we haven't heard a whole lot about him. It's it's one of those positions where it's you don't hear your name a whole lot unless you're Quentin Nelson or Mike McGlinchey or unless you're screwing up. So I think it's a good thing. Um, I think I think Robert Hainsey is taking the oxygen out of the room. I think a lot of people are falling in love with Robert Hainsey um, this this um, this off season. And I you know I think there was an article, I think it was on twenty four seven that said basically like Robert Hainsey like captain leader face of the program. You know what I mean? It was like one of those like very glowing like you know he's got great poise at the at the uh, you know at the podium when he's speaking to the reporters and he's a great you know, advocate and he's a, you know, community service oriented guy or whatever. So I think a lot of the, for this will be third year. Yeah. So I guess, uh, I mean, a lot of the focus and, and we'll, I hopefully we'll get into this, the captaincy talk, right. Which is like, who's yeah, going to be get a into captain that. Let's, that, that, that's where that's where I'm leading into there too. Yeah. Who's going to be a captain. So is Robert Hainsey going to be a captain? I mean, it stands to reason that somebody in the offensive line is going to be a captain since we've had somebody from the offensive line as a captain every year since 2012. Do you think yeah. that their numbers at captain are going to be? What's that? Well, you know, it was like going into 2017, and they 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 picked captains in December. It wasn't like six of them or seven of them. Or I don't know, like there was nine number. or something. It was there was some obscene number, and then obviously Kaiser left, and he was named a captain. So, yeah, and seeing that in itself was an oddity, not because of Kaiser leaving, but quarterback being named a captain that's not a that's not a thing that generally happens uh under the brian kelly era I mean, yeah i mean i'm a i'm a i will i will believe it when the, when the words come out of the mouth or the press release comes out of birch's office that ian book is a captain i just i do not believe he's going to be a captain um i think that there's something to be said about uh a quarterback has a lot on his plate being a quarterback in Notre name and you know captaincy is another level to deal with having said that he is a SWAT team leader. Um, he is, you know, he is a face of the program. He is well spoken. He can handle himself with the press. Uh, but I just think when things start to, if things start to unravel uh, or speed bumps are hit, um, you don't, you don't want him out there. You don't want him to yeah, have kind of, you know, captain duties. You know? Yeah, I kind of think Kelly really has this nailed down with that. You know, because because of exactly what you just said. You know, with so much on his plate I just, that on all the quarterbacks, you know, that he's had on their plate that they kind of keep that down a little bit. Um, and really in the end, he's a leader regardless, right? If you're the quarterback, you're a leader of the team, whether you have a C in the chest or not, you're the face, especially at a place like Notre Dame, you're the face of the program. 
right? So does he really need that extra the extra weight on him? You know, probably not, right? I'd argue no. So I'm I would I put his the percentage that he's going to get picked at a low percentage. I think Gilman is is the lock solid 100% one. See, and I disagree with that. I oh, I, I think you're going to have I think it's going to be Jalen you're going to have one of the safeties for sure. I think it's going to be Elliot. I do, I think he's a little more vocal than Gilman. And I think because of that you're going to you're going to see Elliot. I don't think you'll have both your safeties as captains. Uh, although that'd be pretty dope because that's a pretty big thing, but I, I just don't, I think Gilman does a lot with his actions, but there just isn't enough there vocally unless I'm missing something, but he, you know, he, he play he plays tough and he, it would be a great candidate for it. But I just think if you're comparing the two between Elliot and Gilman, I think Elliot just vocally with the rest of the team in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got Elliot at probably eighty five percent or greater. Um, so I honestly believe they're both going to be captains. I wouldn't mind that the two the two C's back there. Say, I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I just I'm not sure. Here's what sealed it for me for Gilman. I mean, I, I saw some of the you know the social media that Notre Dame puts out and do it for your brothers. And Gilman had one of those like you know fiery speeches, and so did Elliot. Um, but it was an interview that Drew Tranquil did. And he was talking about guys that like got left behind and he basically went out of his way to advocate for Gilman to be a captain. And I, and I know he doesn't get a vote anymore, but I think that that means something. And I think it's also his words, his words still mean something in the locker room. Right. And I think it's reflective of, of how much Gilman was talking last year and communicating, you know? Well, I mean, that, that changes my mind. It changes my perspective. I didn't know that. But I think someone like Tranquil carries a lot of weight still in that locker room, regardless. So, you know, so, okay. I, I mean, hey, I'm fine with it either way. I, I'm just, I love the fact we have one capable, let alone two that are both good players and <laughs> captain material. I mean, you can almost sort of back into this captaincy talk, right? Which is like, you can start eliminating entire position groups. Like there's not going to be a running back captain this year. There's not going to be a tight end captain this year. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can start, um, there won't be a linebacker captain this year. Right. You can start crossing off. Yes, exactly right. You can start crossing off kind of, uh, areas and saying like, I'm sorry, you know, if you're, if your top choices in your position group is Tony Jones, Jr. Or Asmar Bilal or, or uh, Cole Komet or Brock Wright, you aren't going to like, you're not going to get a captain out of that group. You know, what so. about Fink? What about Fink? Like Fink? I mean, what a great story. If Fink went from walk on to captain, you know what I mean? Like a Joe Schmidt type of thing or whatever. I, I can so see people, it. People are, people are still like not sold as on Claypool being like a captain material. Right. 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 So, I mean, you, you start looking at position groups, like you said, you'd eliminate it. All right. No running backs. Um, you're not going to have, if you're not going to have book, you got Hainsey there on the line. Is there another guy on the line? You know, would, would Kramer, um, be a captain? You know, I, I'm not really sure. Is Eichenberg ready for, for that? We're not out of the, I mean, we're in the era with, now of like two year captain. Kareem. I don't, you know, yeah, maybe. yeah. I was I was lining up to that, to the DNs yeah. there where you got, Three guys, <laughs> really. I mean, I think Dalen Hayes is captain material. Um, you know, with, with Aquara and Hayes and 
and uh, Kareem. What about Troy Pride? Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know how vocal Pride is. And I think that's so – I think as a captain, you have to – not like you have to be like constantly – I'm going to say running your mouth, and that's a negative connotation. But that's just what I'm going to say. You don't have to be constantly running your mouth, having people, you know, directing traffic and, and all that. But I just think there has to be a little bit more. And I just never, never saw that from Pride. Like I, I've, and maybe I'm missing something, but I've never seen him be very vocal, uh, whether it be in any kind of practice or, or, or the games. And I think there's something that I think you need some of that to be a captain it's and it's there let's not there's been years where we've had captains who definitely haven't been vocal guys um so it's not out of the realm of possibility uh so i mean i guess at all at this point all people are you know, there's a lot of good candidates out there we're just not yeah. sure i mean jude would Bilal really surprise you like an yeah. older guy who's getting moved yes. to, moved to the inside. I mean, he doesn't strike me as particularly different than like Morgan or Coney before him. Just, I can't think of a single. I mean, I'm sure he's done it, but I can't think of a single uh, interview he's done or a single time that he's been on. You know, that the social media accounts, you know, kind of chirping about something or you know, you know how you see those like locker room videos and it's always like. You know, Gilman's like, leave it all out the field. And you know what I mean? Like, it just, I don't know. It just, it, yeah, Bilal got picked. And it's a guy that doesn't get talked about a lot for, for captains. So, and look, and it's hard for a guy to be a captain. I mean, let's be honest. Bilal's fighting for his job this spring. I'm, you know, he, he got moved from Rover to Buck. And I guess, I mean, I, I don't want to put, I'm not put, Really not trying to put him down because I've liked Bilal. I liked what he did last year, but I'm not sure if he's a Buck linebacker. I I, I'm not, I don't think this move is like the true Tranquil move. This isn't going to be as smooth of a transition as it was for Tranquil. And you open up that rover spot for Shane Simon, but is Bilal the best Buck on the on the team? I don't know that yet. Right now, I'm, I'm not sold on that right now. So. If you're not, and I think everyone was like, you know, guaranteed to have Bilal there, and I was one of them. And the more and more I look at it and think about it, I'm just not so sure. And the way that they're going about, you know, just early in that, in that practice, I mean, Drew White came out the starter at Mike in the first practice. And, you know, we're, they, they said that they were going to be doing some rotation and all that stuff. I guess I'm just more curious to see, you know, someone like Jack Lamb, who has been kind of talked up a little bit, challenges Bilal for that buck position because he, he may end up being a senior without a home if he can't, if, you know, if he doesn't improve much. Because I, I, I just find that that move from Rover to Buck is not as smooth as what people are thinking right now just because Drew Tranquil, who is just an amazing athlete, I mean, an amazing athlete, did. And, you know, we're talking about an NFL draft pick, Drew Tranquil, Jude. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh <laughs> man, those combine I, numbers! I don't know why I'm, I'm even decrying it. Like I'm extremely <laughs> excited for that guy to get drafted. You know, like this is a total aside. I don't know if you guys watched his Instagram story. Uh, a day in the life of a stay-at-home dad. Um, 
it was just it was the the funniest thing I'd seen in a long time. It was it was definitely worth your time if you if you caught it. But I just to close the loop on this captain thing. Uh, maybe here's another reason why Bilal might surprise me and why some of the guys we're talking about, I think are the, are sort of the groups. Um, maybe we shouldn't read too much into the SWAT team captaincy thing, but there are eight guys that they picked Ian book, Jalen Elliott, Liam Eikenberg, Khaled Kareem, Aloe Gilliman, Chris Fink, Julian Aquara, and Robert Hainsey. Okay. So we've talked about all those guys in terms of captaincies. Um, Bilal's not on that list. I'm not saying that they won't pick Bilal. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, when you got, when, when the social media says meet the eight men entrusted with leading our team, I got to think the captains are among those eight. Right. They're coming out of that group. Right. And I think so. I, I just, could you imagine them doing eight or six even, I guess. Yeah, Cause no. they had, didn't they have eight in 2017? I just find that, yeah, I mean, they did until, I mean, I guess you're right, but I just visually just witnessing like six to eight guys walking out to the middle of the field seems a bit much to me. Right. And then they had the rotating captains in 2010 where every game they had a different captain, which was weird too. Yeah, we did that my senior year in high school. We had a, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, there, and that makes sense because, but I remember my my senior year, they the coaches picked the two captain picked two captains, right? And there were two guys that none of us liked. I mean, quite frankly, I mean we, it's a small town, small school. You you get along, you get along, but they were kiss asses, tryhards, and we they just didn't they didn't represent the team. And that first day of practice, uh, me and a and you know another teammate, a friend of mine, senior, uh, we just each other just said you know what fuck this shit we're captains and we walked up we walked right up there and we were captains and that's that's how our season that's how my senior year started i was a captain my senior year because i fucking said so um and then what was cool though was that we were pretty tight pretty tight group and that second come the second game of the season you're playing against a team against a school that um that uh, one of my one of my best friends that's where he went to uh, prior, and he came up and asked, "Hey, can I uh, can I be a, be a captain tonight?" I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" So we end up doing a ro- we end up taking that and rotating uh, the rest of the season then, and that was all player driven. I mean, they gave us the two schmucks that we could care less about, and then Terry and I got up there and said, "No, we're fucking," and then we're gonna let you be a captain and you be a captain and you be a captain, and. For us, it worked. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe I'm thinking about that now. I'm thinking about the number wrong. You know, maybe there are eight guys. And I'll tell you what, if there's eight guys that are captain material on this team, then we're in for a pretty decent. I just want to state for the record that last week you promised everybody you'd tell one total story about your high school football experience. I know, I know. Like I, know. Yeah, in a row. <laughs> I swear to God that's it because I don't talk about it. Oh, <laughs> Except for our, how awesome our fucking they were the dopest, but <laughs> it was relevant. All right, and it had nothing to it do was. with actual play on the field. Um, so it was relevant. Yeah, I got to do that. So. My, I mean, my my bad. In your defense, if I could remember high school football, if not for all the concussions, I might tell stories too. <laughs> Brad. Hey, have you seen my chin? 
Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have an Adam's hard one. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so look, that's spring football. It, it was a, we're not going to get another good look. I think until I don't have this. Uh, we're we have spring break coming up and yeah, it's a Notre likes to, Notre Dame likes to do this. They like to have the press conference and then they have the nod pad practice. And then there's a, a week break and then the media doesn't really get back in. Now that you get, you know, seven opportunities uh, with open practices. That's a, that's a lot. Uh, so there's gonna be a lot of opportunities to see him, but we're not going to see him. I think until March 22nd, March 23rd, something like that. So it's going to be a while um, until we really get any more. Uh, but that's really what we know. We know there's stuff moving around. There's moving parts. Um, it was good to hear. I mean, Brian Kelly hadn't had a press conference because of um, they did do one on signing day, and that's usually where a lot of random questions that don't have anything to do with recruiting uh, stem from. Uh, so a lot of those got a lot of the questions got answered with that, and and uh, so we're ready to move on, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of moving on, uh, <laughs> God, that, I got to get better at these segues. Uh, <laughs> or having any segue at all uh, <laughs> now it's time for an ad <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 let's do that and have it be silent and <laughs> two minutes prior because i thought i saw a dead spot so <laughs> let's let's not pretend i'm in radio here um we had some questions uh on twitter let's let's let's, uh, let's get to those jude you got those in front of you yeah. First question is, um, is there a QB controversy or are we living in an alternate reality? Was that the first question? I don't know. if it was, That's the first one I saw. Oh, Jeff. Jeff had one. Single he was at- toilet paper? Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm fully prepared to answer that. All right. Let's talk about single yeah. toilet The question from, is a Jeff ND fan? Yeah. Should single ply toilet paper be banned by federal statute? No, I, I, I thought <laughs> Jeff had kids. I mean, Look, they how do make, you live with they gotta make a house two ply of kids? Cheap enough. They got to make two ply ch- as cheap as single ply, which I know is impossible to do because it's twice as much material, right? But um, they just got to they got to lower the price of two ply. That's what they got to do. I mean, you just got to get rid of your kids. I mean, well, if I go somewhere and get two ply, I feel like I got to anymore because I've had these kids forever. <laughs> I feel like I got a damn pillow up my butt. What I, I mean, that's how fluffy that stuff is. And then all I can think about is trying to put that pillow down my pipes. And let me tell you, I can't tell you how many times get a snake. It's a rough life with kids. So no, single ply toilet paper should absolutely be legal. Hell, it should probably just be given by the government. It's <laughs> a good point. He also asked uh, about the can the excellent D line hide the inex- at linebacker. Talked a little bit about this in a previous podcast. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's helpful. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you really got to see the moving parts. Right. Uh, move around, I guess, first. So I, I really have questions at, at Buck now. Uh, we still don't have no real mic. And I think the only thing that we really know is that Shane Simon's the rover and it's not like we have a lot of film on that so yeah you know, they can help but there's yeah. still a lot a lot 
of stuff that that uh, is going on back there at linebacker. It, it won't, and let's be honest, it won't help against Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. You know, like the uh, the elite teams are going to be able to pinpoint your weaknesses and attack there. And so, if the defensive line is elite, then they're not going to try to run the ball, uh, you know, off tackle, you know, fifteen times. They're going to do right. that. You know, they're going to put their wide receiver in the slot, and they're going to make him. They're going to try to get a mismatch with the linebacker. I mean, case in point was just was that Clemson game we just played. When Julian Love goes out, what happens? Choo, 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 choo. I, 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 think my, I think my answer to this question is, can they hide the inexperience of the linebackers? Yeah, for, uh, for the first game, but not for the second. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the, they'll be about half the games. They can, be, they can hide them. All right, what, what else we got here? Uh. Is there a QB controversy or are we living in an alternate reality? It kind of would have to be an alternate reality, wouldn't it? I mean, is there, no, there's not a quarterback controversy at all. Am am I missing something? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the last time we had, we didn't have a quarterback controversy coming into the year. Uh, Well, it was uh, 2017. I mean, everyone just, I mean, it was Wimbush. We knew it was going to be Wimbush, right? And Kaiser left, and it was, it was, I think that was the last time, um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think that everything I've read about uh, Phil Dracovic is that he's, learning his craft. He was the scout team quarterback last year. He wasn't running um, Chip Long's offense. And so he's learning everything. And, you know, I think one of the reporters asked Brian Kelly, is there a way that you could, you could get him into the offense a la Ian book, you know, before he became the starter, how he came in in that, uh, what they call it the blue zone package or whatever. Um, And Kelly was like, well, he doesn't really do anything that, Ian book doesn't do so you know if we find if we find something he does do but uh the idea that it's like you know you're gonna you're gonna bring him in the game to throw a 40 yard pass that Ian book can't throw it just it doesn't that doesn't seem likely to me right oh I would say the answer to the question is no there is no QB controversy and I guess this is the alternate reality but it's also an alternate reality that like you said Unless we're forgetting something, 2017 was the same thing. Yeah, so unless something happens in season, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, Book did get hurt this year on the field against Northwestern. Couldn't go then. Uh, you know, I mean, so you could have a, you could have a, a you know, a movie storyline where he gets hurt and the backup comes in. That would be Jerkovic. And he balls out. And then you have a quarterback controversy because – Anytime that happens, it's going to be because then it, it, whether it really is or not, it's in the back of everyone's head. Once you see, once you would see the starter then struggle at all, you're like, oh, we brought this backup in when he was hurt. He threw for 325 yards and four touchdowns. So just put him in. Um, I think that would be the only real way. Yeah, I mean, I think this question's more prevalent in people's minds because of how the quarterback situations have gone down at Alabama and Clemson. Like right. in years in which they've won national titles, I don't think we have that on our hands at all. I think that's 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 rare. 
I don't think we're looking at that this year. Uh, Mike, uh, are also known as a KYND fan, which I'm guessing is Kentucky Notre Dame fan. <laughs> I would I would say that was the case. Yeah, Mike, who's brew bound. Mike's, uh, in, had, Mike's in Kentucky. <laughs> Mike Mike had a second question. Uh, who will who will have the most rushing yards this year? Uh, I think I see this question as: Do you think Jafar Armstrong is going to get hurt or not? Because otherwise, the answer has to be Jafar Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I. I think we're all in agreement there. I think uh, I think a better question is, is a running back going to get over 800 yards? You know, I can, and that, I guess that you guess the same way that, that that determines if Armstrong's healthy or not. But I think he's definitely, I don't, I just don't see anybody else. I think Tony Jones has a role um, and it's a, it's a good role, uh, but he's not, the, he's not your lead back for every game. Um, and I, I know some good things have been written about Jameer Smith, uh, the way he looks already in, uh, in spring ball. So that, that's nice to hear. Um, we'll have had to see it. And obviously you got the freshman Kyron Williams, but I just don't think he's so far down the totem or you're still looking at him as, as running back three, that if something happens to Armstrong, there's regardless of what I just said about Jones, he's, I think Jones is your guy. Unless the staff does something that, that I didn't think they were capable of doing, and that and that was vaulting somebody up over a senior like that, so yeah, I think Armstrong's Armstrong's your guy. If yeah, you say healthy, I think Armstrong's going to have a hell of a season. Right. That that's the thing is Armstrong is is the answer unless he gets hurt, and then it's a it's a does Tony Jones get enough in the time that Armstrong is injured to be the lead back or. Does somebody like a Jameer Smith or a Sebo Flemister step up and and take on that role in a way that we didn't anticipate? I mean, the thing I remember about 2017 was how unexpected Deion McIntosh is, um, you know, that his season went and that he basically he, he did get a ton of touches and sometimes it was in garbage time, but um, he, he found a, a role for himself and he had a sneaky, productive season. Yeah, really productive. Like that. What? Yeah, sneaky was the word. And you know, he still doesn't have an. He's doesn't have an offer to a D one school. I I don't want to cast aspersions on a young man, but I I wonder if that's telling. I, that's just too bad because I I thought what he did, what he provided, and said a lot about him as a player. Where he was, you know, he's the guy that he's wearing number thirty eight. He's just a guy that was on everybody's list that they forgot. And he would still come in and be so damn productive. Um, and I just thought that was great. Uh, that's a great story um, outside of whatever else he has going on. Um, so I, I just think that's, that's too bad because he had a hell of a season East Mississippi, right? He was a, a Juco All-American or whatnot. He had an outstanding Not- season at, uh, what was it, EMCC, right? Yeah, yeah. Last chance, you. Good luck, Dion. I got another question here. Uh, I don't know that I had another. Was there another question? I missed one. Oh, we got. uh, Oh yeah, Matty G. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) going to show my my ignorance here. I know this is some sort of donut. Oh God, I'm going to. People are going to hate me for this. Say the word because I I don't know how to pronounce that. Paxi. Taxi. Okay. It's, it's just it, like it's spelled. It, yeah. 
Put you. This is a Brad question. Brad's Brad's probably going to be really good at this. Yeah, Brad, are you blush? No. I, well, apparently, yes. According to my 23andMe results, I am a little bit Polish, but I'm not big on donuts. So. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, no, I'm more of a salty than a sweet person. All right, well, I'm going to answer this. Okay. But I'm going to start that- off with a complaint. <laughs> and Because I know my wife doesn't listen to this podcast, I fully feel like I can get away with it. My wife is Polish. And a lot of her family was from around the South Bend area. Very, very ski up there, right? And we were to get, we've been together for 14 years. And I never knew about Dingus Day. I am not Polish, all right? I'm Sicilian, a little bit of German mixed in there, a little bit of Scottish. No Pole in me. (laughs) 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 That didn't come out right, but oh well. Um, But uh, I had no idea about Dingus Day, right? And if anyone knows anything about me, I'm kind of in for kind of the ridiculous times. And like beating people with pussy willows, and throwing water and drinking a whole lot of like, like just regular lager beer. <laughs> That's right up my alley. What the hell? And it's right after Easter. I was, I just learned about Dingus Day for the first time. So don't worry about your ignorance, Jude, because mine is fun. And I flipped out. Like, how did you not? And like her mo- uh, mother in law and everybody's like, yeah, you know, but I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Why didn't you guys tell me this? Why are we not doing this? And so the whole plan this year is we usually go up to South Bend for Easter. And then we were to not take the kids to school on Monday. We were going to stay up there and do Dingus Day. It'd be my first Dingus Day. And so I was really excited about that. But apparently the, those plans are changing. Uh, but I've been into the, I, I guess I got into, and I didn't know about either. This whole, this whole thing with the Patsies. And so I ran out today. And uh, I got me a bunch. <laughs> Brought them home. I'm surprised I got them in the middle of the day. Um, do they, so do they top taste, three, I didn't Do even... they taste a lot different than a jelly donut? No. Nope. Okay. Uh, the difference is, is that Patsy's use powdered sugar. Some of them are just sprinkled on, and some of them are like the powdered sugar glaze. Whereas a, a, a filled donut has got icing. Like, you know what I mean? Like regular hey, sure, okay. cake icing. And that's your difference basically. And so top three, I've only had one. I had <laughs> So <laughs> that would be my number one. Uh, if there was a blueberry, that would be my And uh, but to satisfy Matt's requirement, can you, can you relate it to a Notre Dame football player? Oh, and you know, that's the one thing I didn't think about. Um, yeah, okay. Okay. A, a raspberry taxi is a lot like Jafar Armstrong. And the reason why is because you never know what you're going to get the raspberry, like, like some with with people, like some people like really like raspberry and some really don't like it. And I think people are like that with Armstrong where they, there's a lot that like what he's going to do. And there's a lot else to take his spot. They're not comfortable with him um, being the the top guy. Uh, And that's me on the spot. And that's a hell of an answer. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I'm impressed. I'm fucking proud. I, you just see the smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that all the questions? We- 
that is all the questions. Should we should we mercifully close this out? Yeah, let's let let's do everybody's uh shout outs here. So Brad, let's you weren't uh, with us last the last podcast, so let's start off with you. Give us a shout out, please. Shout out. I'm I'm unfamiliar. What am I shouting out oh, here? Oh shit. You, where does uh, <laughs> just hey, anything? Brad, thanks for listening yeah, yeah. to our last podcast? <laughs> All right, so we're gonna start off with you. Basically, we're just this is just your last right, here we go. Last hurrah. My oh. shout out is to Pete Thamel coming back two years after he came to Notre Dame's campus to talk again to Brian Kelly and to see what's what's changed. Uh, obviously, we're now sitting at what twenty two and four, twenty three and four over the last two seasons. A lot has changed. Um, you know, Kelly mentioned to to Pete that even though his contract only runs three more years, he'd like to stay five more years. That would put him through the 2023 season. And a thing I absolutely love about that is um, I, I've got, I, I'm kind of, um, you know, ambivalent about whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing for the Notre Dame football program. I think we can argue it either way. But it, it, it uh, in 2014, he he joked that he would not be, around for the 2024 Texas A&M series. He'd be on the, instead on the beach sipping Mai Tais. And, uh, you know, by picking five years, he can actually still live up to that joke, that throwaway joke from five <laughs> years ago. So uh, kudos to Brian Kelly uh, for for sticking to his retirement plan, whatever that may be. And um, I'm just looking forward to Matt Campbell uh, finally beating uh, Iowa once so that we could justify hiring him in uh, five years. <laughs> nice. Oh, that was a good dig right there. Very nice. All right, Brad, are you hey, ready for this? Yeah, I'll go next. Uh, shout out to Rex Fluger. Because, you know, it sucks to get hurt. It sucks to have your eligibility up in the air. You don't know if you can come back for another year or not. And it sucks when your basketball team sucks and they're not winning games. But he's still getting some uh, FaceTime on broadcast. He still looks like he's having fun. He's still enthusiastic. So uh, shout out to that guy. Oh, yeah, still. Uh, is he still rocking the fanny pack, though? I assume so. That you don't just get rid of that. That doesn't just go away. No, that becomes a part of you, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can right. remove it at this point. <laughs> All right, and and uh, I'm gonna do a do kind of a dual shout out here. Um, the first one is gonna be for the Notre Dame hockey. Who this weekend is uh, starting the first series for the Big Ten tournament. They get on Michigan State starting Friday night at seven o'clock, and. If you're following college hockey at all, which kudos to you because it is an awesome sport. Um, Notre Dame is sitting right at number 15 in pairwise. So it's crucial uh, that not only do the conference uh, winners in all the conference tournaments uh, be the favorites, <laughs> but uh, that Notre Dame goes through this uh, this Big Ten tournament, racking up some wins, kind of solidify their spot in the, in the pairwise to get a spot in the NCAA tournament. If you guys remember last year, Notre Dame lost in the title game in the Frozen Four against Minnesota Duluth, who just made it in to the tournament on pairwise because of a Notre Dame victory. Um, so we were the creators of our own demise in that case. So pay attention. Watch, uh, go to the site. We'll have all the where you can watch it at uh, and cheer these guys on. Um, it hasn't been the season we had hoped, but uh, it can still be a very, very good season. Uh, hoping to get into that tournament. and. The second thing I want to talk about, and only because of me, and I'm probably the only person who thinks about this in March, and I might have said it last podcast a little bit about them, but alternate uniforms. I'm looking at it. Okay. So 
I devised a plan, and this has to go with the camo unit that Jude hates and that I will advocate till the day I die. So I'm looking at the Notre Dame football schedule. And we absolutely cannot have alternate uniforms against Boston College, right? I've already said that last week. So if we want to rock the camo, the, week, the game prior is against Navy. Can't really do that either, right? Because that would be kind of sacrilege. Yeah, yeah. People, I wouldn't mind, other people would. Virginia Tech, I think it's a great opportunity sitting at the, uh, the first game of November, throw on some camo, welcome the Hokies in, uh, and that's all I got on that one. <laughs> I, and, and I'm only including that because after I talked about that, I forgot to mention uh, something about uh, the Virginia Tech game and the camo unis. That would be a good spot for it. And I always say that because I'm me. All I can dig right. it. Camo and denim. I can dig it. You know, if they came out like in denim, that would be interesting. Like <laughs> denim bottoms. Has, has anyone done that yet? And all the weird shit that that put out? I'm just throwing it out there. They I mean, like jeggings. I'm telling you what. I'm a, I'm a getting to get up there in age. And I rock a pair of like stretchy denim. I mean, you know, like the 20-year-olds wear. But I wear them not because they're cool. They stretch. And they're comfortable. They're comfortable as hell. They are so cozy. My wife hates them, makes fun of me for wearing them. But they are the best pair of pants to wear. And I guess that's just an old thing. I don't even care anymore. I'm just going to wear what's comfortable. I think that's all we got for this week. You guys got anything else? Zick, go Irish, eat Spartans. Yeah, go Irish. (laughs) Go Irish.